lesson. I didn't have to sing it. All right. Again, we appreciate you being here so very, very much. And um, I wouldn't want to embarrass anybody for anything in the world. And, uh, but it is good to have you in the Lord's house. It, Miss Abernathy, is that you? Praise God. Well, I said, now, if, I fear, if that's Miss Abernathy, I know who that is beside of her, all right? Amen. Nice time you see me, Paula. My hair was black. Just look what this crowd's done to me. Amen. It's been amazing. All right. And uh, she used to work for me, and I appreciate them being here so very much. Miss uh, Claire Abernathy's a prayer warrior, and I covet her prayers and, uh, for us and our church, and I praise God for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we love you. We praise you. And God, tonight, there may just be somebody that needs God to be touched again. They know what it means to be touched once, but Lord, it just may be they need God to one more time pray, God, touch me again, Lord. Touch me again. Lord, we pray you'll do that. Just for Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. There's two great unique differences in this miracle from all others you'll find in the Bible. One, Mark is the only one that tells us the story. And not only that, it is the only miracle that was done in stages. We find as we begin to read this, because of that, that there is no doubt a truth Jesus specifically wants us to learn and to know. Well, uh, to learn that, then what we have to do is to look where God chose to put it. I love this. God didn't just have a story about a blind man and say, well, we don't have anywhere else, but we got a little space here, so I just stick it there. God doesn't do that, amen. He does all things well. And we'll find... As we look at this chapter, we find some interesting things going on. The Lord had just fed 4,000 people. Isn't that something? Praise God, he fed 4,000 people. And as he was leaving, feeding 4,000, the Bible says the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. The Bible's very clear what they're trying to do. They're trying to mess him up. They're trying to put a stumbling block. The Bible says he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, what, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them and entered into the ship again, departing to the other side. Now verse 14. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. All right, the Lord gives us a, a, a thought, some information. But now the Lord turns and looks to these disciples, men that have walked with him, men that have talked with him, men that have heard him preach, men that he spent all this time with, and he charged them, said, Take heed, beware of the leaven 
of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. I love these fellers. My goodness, who told him we forgot to take bread? My Did you tell him? Now we're in trouble. Who forgot to tell him? And they begin to reason with themselves. They begin to reason. And here's what they said. Is it because we have no bread? And uh, you, you almost, and, and I'm not trying to read anything into the Bible, but you can almost sense the frustration of Jesus. For the Bible says, when he knew it, notice, he saith unto them, Why? Why are you talking about bread? He said, Why are you even discussing the bread? And he looked and, and, and he made this statement. Perceive ye not, neither understand, have your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not? Having ears, hear ye not? And do ye not remember? He looks at them and he says, Fellas, are you just not getting it? He said, it's, it's, it's like you. You got eyes, but you can't see nothing. He says, it's like you got ears, but you ain't listening. I started to wonder and think, man, has he got my congregation there sometimes? And I began to wonder. And, and the Bible says that about that time, someone brings Jesus a blind man. And I love this. I love this. So Jesus says, okay, fellas, okay, I suppose I'm just going to have to draw you a picture. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a living illustration I'm going to put right in front of you because it's very apparent that you're not getting what I want you to see. So they bring him, somebody brings him, a blind man. The Bible says he cometh to Bethesda. And they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. Now, let me just stop here and say, praise God, somebody knew where to bring a blind man. Because I'm telling you, Understand this, Jesus is the only one that can open blinded eyes. I like this, praise God, they knew he needed a touch. They knew he needed something. They knew that Jesus was the only one that could give them what they needed. And so they brought this man to Jesus. The Bible says, in Mark 10, 13, and they brought young children to him, they should touch them. I love that. Luke 6, 19, and a whole much you sought to touch him. My, to know the touch of God. To know that he'll touch you tonight and help that very need that you have. What a blessing that is. 
and he comes. Let me show you three things that he did. First of all, he did this. He separated this blind man. He literally separated him. He separated him in two ways. In two ways. We find that he brought this blind man to Jesus. Okay, um, Elijah, you be my blind man and you go over there and Matthew, you bring the blind man to me. All right. He comes and notice now he's blind. Yeah, I shut. Okay, good. He's blind. He can't see. All right. No, no, no. He wouldn't have brought him that way. He would have took him by the hand because he's blind. Okay, and he stopped right there. Now, there was two ways he separated him. First way he separated was him is he took him from his hand and put him in his hand. And he separated him. You say, well, why did he do that? He did that to separate him from what he had always trusted. He's blind as a bat. He can't get nowhere. If somebody doesn't take him by the hand and lead him around, and most blind people had some person that they trusted in, they looked to, to help them each and every day. But this day, this man's going to get a touch. And to get that touch, he's got to put his trust in something he's never trusted in before. He's always trusted in this. All right, you can be seated. Amen. Right there on the front of my unions again. All right. And we find here that he began. So he took him by the hand. What are you? trusting in tonight what are you trusting in all of us here tonight are trusting in something some are trusting in their money some are trusting in their intellect some will win trouble there some are trusting in their abilities. Some, some are trusting in what they think they know. But you're trusting in something. I thought about this. That man had been blind. And one day tell me, and I don't know this, I've never been blind, but they tell me. That when a blind person, their senses and their sense of feeling and touch is very stronger, just like their sense of hearing. They can hear better and they can feel more than the average person. Now I realize all of a sudden he had gotten used to the feel of that which he trusted. He knew the feeling of it. He knew, he knew how the hand fit his hand. He knew all about He knew the feel because he'd always trusted that. What are you trusting in? 
What are you trusting? I, I, you know what terrifies me? Let, me? let me be very, very candid and very honest. What terrifies me in our generation of Christianity is this. We don't have a God bigger than our jobs. Let's throw him under the bus over a job in a heartbeat. That, that scares me. I see this job market is crazy. And you're trusting that? I didn't say don't go to work. I said, are you trusting that? Because it's, 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 it's market and our world is going crazy. And yet we're, we're trusting that. And the reason we trust it, because we've always trusted it. But this man needs a touch. He's blind. Now the second thing that he does, he takes him by the hand and he separates him not only from the hand he's always trusted, but he says, okay, son, let's go. Me and you are going outside the city. And he takes him and he separates him from hearts of unbelief. You can be seated. We find in the Bible, the Bible says, and he took him outside of the city where he'd always been. You know why? Because inside Bethesda, that crowd of people had hearts, had hearts that refused to trust. They, they did, they, they had then decided they had seen the miracles. They had seen what God could do. And they were filled with unbelief. And the Bible says he could not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Matthew 13, 54, and when he had come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch they were astonished and said, Whence had this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Find his own country. His own country. What he had to do was he had to separate him, first of all, from what he'd always trusted. Number two, he had to move him away from that crowd of unbelief. To help you tonight. God does not give touches in the midst of unbelief. Pastor, I just don't believe you won't get a touch. It's that simple. I preach, I just can't believe that. You won't get a touch. It ain't a coming. He won't do it. He doesn't cast those pearls like that. He don't cast those pearls of a touch in the midst of unbelief. Salt Baptist Church, the only thing that hinders the greatness of God here is our unbelief. That's it. We find not only that, but he separated him from the hardness that they refused to turn. Listen to what the Bible says about this city. Woe unto you, Chorazin. Woe unto you, Bethesda. 
For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which had been done in you, they had, uh, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. Their unbelief had led to the hearts of unbelief, had led to hearts of hardness. And God said, I'm not doing anything in that place. By the way, can I ask you a question? Real personal one tonight. How's your heart? How's your heart? By the way, how is your heart? Is your heart? Is it full of old rebellion? Oh my goodness. My goodness. Is it not? Is it, it's 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 mind-boggling to the fact at times we come to God with an old heart, heart of rebellion. Ah, show them! You ain't showing nobody nothing but God, your hardness and rebellion of your heart. And what's sad is, you need a touch. He's blind. He's a blind man. He can't see a leg. Now, done the second thing. Not only did he separate him, but he done something else. He shocked him. You say, how did he shock him? Well, when he brought him out, he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And notice, he brings him out here and he spits in his eyes. I don't know about you, that would be a shock. He spit on me. And I ain't going to lie to you. I spent about a week and a half trying to figure that out. I just been a hunting and a hunting. That's the craziest. Where I come from, you spit on somebody, you better get ready for a fight. I know he's blind. He didn't see it coming, but I'm telling you, he's still a shock. He's still a shock. He's spitting his eyes. But oh, I found something that blessed my heart to know in. In that culture, in that culture, they believed, they believed that spit, human saliva, could heal. They believed that human saliva could actually heal someone. I watch as Jesus brings that man out. And the first thing he does is he spits in his eyes. Don't miss this. Here's what he does. He said, sir, I know what you already believe. I'll start right there. You believe that spit can heal your eyes. So I'm going to start right where you are. And then we'll go from there. I love this. Tonight, if you get a touch, God's going to start right where you are. 
Do you understand that we have some here that have a, a zero faith? He'll start right there. He'll come down to your zero faith and say, won't you trust me as your Lord and Savior? I'll save you. Some of you have half a faith. You believe God saved you, but you ain't really sure he can do anything else. He'll start right there with you. There's a few of us, not many, but there's a few of us might have a one faith. You say, what's a one? That we believe God can do things in our life. And we believe God. But many, many times we find ourselves saying, Lord, I believe. But oh, please, God, please help my stinking unbelief. God, help my unbelief. I, I do believe, but God, God, I believe, but, 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 but God, but, help my unbelief. Preacher, you think we got any twos or threes? I ain't sure. I ain't sure. We can take a little test, and I'll let you grade your own paper. I test your faith if you want to test it. It's a real simple one, and it's this. Is there anything, anything, when I say anything, I'm including your 401k, all you say, I'm done, your cars, your house, the best shotgun you got. Is there anything God asked you for that you wouldn't give him? Everybody plugged it. Because we all got some things. Oh, you say, if God, he would never do that. How do you know? How do you know? He did the rich young ruler that way. Good master, what must I do to have eternal life? He said, you know the commandments? He said, yeah, man, I, yeah, man, man, I, kept, I kept all of them since I've been a little boy. I don't know. He said, okay, I like this one thing. What is it, Jesus? He said, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor. He said, you see that cross right over there? He said, take up that cross and come and follow me. My sister, he said, oh, 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 good. Oh, oh, dear God. Oh, my, oh, oh, everything, everything. Oh, oh, dear God. The Bible says he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. But here's what I want you to get. He started, he started with that man that needed to touch right where he was, so he spit in his eyes. Because you know why? That man believed that spit could heal him. 
And then Jesus did something else. The second shock, he touched him. He reached over and he put his hands on him and he touched him. And he said, okay, hey man, what do you see? Now that's in my Bible, not yours. He said, do you see out or what do you see? And he said, whoa. Now let me stop there. He didn't ask him if he could see. He asked him, what is it you do see? Because when God touches you, you're going to see. Amen. You're going to see. But here's what he said. He said, I see men. But wow, they look like trees walking around. They're as big as trees. And uh, Jesus said, really? Second shock. He did it in stages. Now there's been arguments. There's been better, smarter men than me. You say, well, why did he do it in stages? He could see. He did see something. I mean, before, nothing but darkness. But he can't see something. I got another question for you. I'm just loaded with questions tonight. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? We find that he did in stages. And I believe one of the great reasons he did it in stages is this. You remember what I told you we started? Gentlemen, eyes, but you can't see. You have ears, but you can't hear. You ain't getting it. But I'm trying to see what you see. And he takes this man and he says, Now, gentlemen, you've been touched. Hey, fellas, pay attention. Hey, 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 Peter, quit you talking. Pay attention. Teaching you something. You're like this man. He, you can see, but you ain't seeing clearly. Whoa. 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 A whole lot of God's people never see clearly. Never see clearly. They see. They see. But they don't see clearly. And they didn't see clearly. They knew some truth, but not the full truth. They, and, and you say, well, what's the big deal about this? I mean, why, why is he doing it in stages? He's God. He can just touch him and he can get it all in one lick. Oh, no, no, no. He's teaching him a lesson. Because, you see, he's, he's frustrated with them because they can't seem to get it. But you don't understand. He's going to be asking them over here a real important question. And it's going to be important that they can see right. 
And so, he said, why you see? He said, I see men like trees. And Jesus said, oh. And so, he touched him again. Now, what do you see? He said, I see clearly. I see clearly. I believe that blind man sung that song. Touch me again, Lord. Touch me again. Here tonight, what about you? What about you? Martin Lloyd-Jones described these people. They seem to know enough about Christianity to spoil their enjoyment of the world. Yet they do not know enough to feel happy about themselves. They see, and yet they do not see. I am convinced that multitudes go to church. And it's amazing to me. They go to the house of God. It's worship time. It's to see a holy God. And all they can do is what they perceive. See is what they perceive wrong. Oh my goodness. They see. They ain't seeing real clearly. They ain't seeing real clearly. They might just need the Lord. Touch me again, Lord. Touch me again. First thing he did was he separated him. Second thing, he shocked him. Third thing was he gave him sight to where he could see clearly. Tonight, God wants us to see clearly. What about you? How good is your sight? He saw in part, but not in full. He, 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 what he was seeing was inaccurate. And the Bible says, and when he put his hands upon his eyes, when he touched him again, he said, he saw clearly. Mark eight twenty seven. the Bible says, and Philip, Jesus went out and his disciples to the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, now you've got to keep it in context. Don't miss this. Now, fellas, you beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. And these poor fellas who stand over here and said, I, man, I told you we shouldn't bring bread. We're in trouble now. We didn't bring bread. And Jesus said, what? My gosh. I've been with you all this time and you don't get it. Just like church members that I've been your pastor for a lot of years and loved you every Sunday and give you my very best and get sideways one time and say, I ain't going to come here and preach no more. I say, huh? It's the Holy See, Jesus is standing here. He said, is that, is that all you see? And he, so he gave him this illustration. And the Bible says, and he saw clearly. Now Jesus is brought somewhere else. He's got another question. He said, gentlemen, who does the world say that I am? And I see Peter, as he said, 
Peter uh, said, well, they, they, some of them, Jesus says that you're Elias, Elias or Elijah. Some says you're John the Baptist. And um, or one of the prophets. And then he looked at them and he said, but whom do ye say that I am? Peter. Yeah, Peter. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what Jesus said was, Peter, your sight got cleared up. You got another touch. Your sight got cleared up. Can I ask you a question? Who do you say he is? Who is Jesus to you? Is he your Savior? Yeah, preacher, he's my Savior. Then why don't you serve him? I said this last Sunday. I said again, I think the saddest thing it's ever been is a Savior that went and mounted a cross to die for my sins to have to beg me to serve Him. He shouldn't have to beg me to serve Him. He's my Savior. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. He's my God. And I want you to know tonight he comes and so I'm going to ask you a question. What is he to you? What is he to you? Is he? Do you know who he is? Well, I, I, I'm going to heaven, preacher. Boy, we visit him every week. I'm going to heaven. Really? Why? Why are you going? Do you know who he is? What do you see about us? What, what do you see? Well, I, I, I tell you this. I, I, I see a Jesus is going to take me to heaven, but I just can't see this serving him and all this kind of... I just can't see all of that. Oh, you need another touch. Your, your seeing ain't good. You need... For him to touch you again. I wonder how many of you, at one time, you knew that touch. You got excited about the things of God. You were thrilled when it came time to go to the house. You were excited when it was time to go to church. But now, now you go, well, it's time to go. I guess we better go. There's no thrill, no excitement. You know what you need? You need, touch me again, Lord. That's what you need. Touch me again. I need a touch. Because you'll never see yourself. I love this. When he asked him the first time, is what do you see? He was honest enough to say, I see men like trees. Can I say this? 
If all you see is, well, I'm, I'm good. I'm so good. I got, I, got fed, I got wings back here in, in a halo. I'm good, good. I'm so good. I got gold dust coming off my feet. I'm going to tell you something. No, no, no. But if you get this honest enough to say, you know, my God, I need a touch. I need a touch. I need. I've been touched once, but I need for him to touch me again. That's all stand true.